ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Jeff, it's fight night. Cesaro, Sheamus. I'm looking forward to covering this one. Where did you you pull this one from? As I like to say, just, you know, a couple meaty men slapping meat. Like, that's that's really what this boils down to. This is just one that uh, I kind of wanted to do something a little bit more recent, kind of mixing it up a little bit. And so this is probably one of the more recent matches that we've done um, lately. And so just kind of wanted to check it out. But also... I, you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, lately, at least in the news or, you know, a month or two ago, like, you know, you always hear about uh, Seamus was be upset because he wanted more of a push. You always wonder, like, and we'll talk about it during the match, like, is Cesaro, like, one of those guys that has just, like, his entire career, he has been under-pushed and underutilized. And so um, even some of the write-ups at the time talked about that a little bit. And so I thought this was just kind of an interesting one. Uh, and this was before, like, the bar. This was before these guys had really... You know, Seamus had some belts and stuff like that, but really, um, I had forgotten that there was the Heyman era Cesaro as well, too. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So I, more to talk about here than I realized, which is why I really wanted to cover this one. And and I'll get to it here in a second. But man, not that we chose it for this reason, but this is a really interesting card for a lot of reasons, which which I'll oh, get yeah. into it here in yeah. a second. Yeah. So I say we jump right into. The build. Oh, it's time for the build. So, like I just said, the the card for this one, Jeff. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 funny for a lot of reasons. Okay, so let's take our first match. Our first match is Goldust and Stardust defeating the Usos to win the tag team champions. So, so Cody Rhodes. And his brother Dustin defeat the Usos, which is, I mean, this is almost 10 years ago. For the belts. Yeah. So, you know, you say, hey, let me me tell you something. Nine years from now, Cody's going to be the second biggest star in the business. Yep. Uh, Goldust is still going to be wrestling. (laughs) And Jimmy and Jey Uso are going to be in the hottest program – what since the NWO maybe ever, you know, and and they're both going to be huge stars and arguably the greatest tag team of all time. I mean, it, yeah, it depends on your your taste. I think it's completely subjective, but I mean, it, you have to put the Usos in the conversation as being one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So it's it's just incredible. Um, yep. Then then the match we we're going to cover here for the United States Championship. Then the Miz is going to defeat Zol- Dolph Ziggler. How many times do you think they've wrestled? Uh, this was uh, for the Miz to win the IC title. Then you're ready for this one. Seth Rollins defeats Roman Reigns by forfeit. I don't know what happened there, but just funny to you know again fast forward. Rollins right. Reigns the fourth match on the show. Um, 
Rusev is going to defeat Mark Henry by submission. Man, they just botched that whole Rusev thing. And I, oh I, boy, know, I think AEW is too. I think, but yeah, yeah. it's just, I, and I don't know what it is, man. I, I, it, I, I, you know, look, I know the, I know it's easy to say the cream always rises to the top. But you see a guy like that, and you're like, man, he, he just feels like he should be a bigger star. Randy Orton's going to defeat Chris Jericho by pinfall. AJ Lee's going to defeat Paige and Nikki Bella by submission. And in your main event, John Cena is going to win by DQ against your champion, Brock Lesnar. So Lesnar's, I mean, this is this is the current run Lesnar's on. You you say 2014, so is it, no, this is part of the run that he's on right. There's just, so, we, could, we could just talk about this card for the next hour, but really, really interesting right. stuff. And we'll probably go back to some stuff on here, but how do we get to uh, Seamus Cesaro? And, you know, I, I'm curious, this is, you know, how does this fall in with their partnership and their feud? And yeah, I'm really excited for you to talk about this. Yeah. So there's actually kind of a lot of moving pieces, at least with the individual wrestlers here. And they're part of it. It really kind of stalled out before that we get to this match too and so we'll start with like this night of champions didn't take place until september 21st of 2014 but we're going to actually go back to wrestlemania in april this was the inaugural first annual if you want to call it uh andre the giant battle or memorial battle royal um this is the first time they've done it and cesaro won that one if you remember and so uh one of those and i feel like this is the continuously the battle royal that you just never get pushed after winning it it's you know if it's not on the pre-show it's just worthless and so this was the first one though but it was actually the night after this it was actually hogan who came out and endorsed cesaro on this one and saying like this is you know he is this this is him this is his time like this is the way to do it and so um it was that night actually too and, and again it, it's funny some of the names we're going to drop here and just who was involved but like cesaro at the time was actually being managed by zeb colter her, if you remember and so at that point dropped Coulter for Paul Heyman and so you're coming off of Wrestlemania you've got an endorsement from Hogan and you are now a Paul Heyman guy so that is where they po that is the position they had him in in early 2014 so then you get extreme rules. You have Cesaro. It was eliminated by Rob Van Dam again, back in the ring recently as well, too. It was a fun match. Actually got beat, but it's still fun. You know, good to see him out there. Good pop for the guy. Um, it was a tournament for the Intercontinental Championship title. Um, he actually, uh, it was an elimination match where uh, it's extreme rules as well, too. And so, but ended up losing all of that. And so they're one of their I get, not first matches, but when these guys were kind of locking up prior to Night of Champions, it was actually payback on June 1st. Cesaro and Sheamus had a match for the U.S. Championship, and he lost that one as well, too. Um, he was also in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It was for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship at the time, which John Cena won. And then by July... So it was April, and now we're in July. This is when he's no longer with Paul Heyman. And so we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's just, yeah. Um, there was There's a lot of meat on that bone and why it happened and stuff like that. And then it was really quiet for him from July until this match that you know he wasn't on any pay-per-views. It was, you know, you almost feel like they just lost 
like creative direction with him or they didn't know what to do with him or maybe Vince was you know had had a you know somebody pissed in his Cheerios that morning who knows but like Cesaro's just push just ended so going back though with Sheamus on this one though going back to January it was Royal Rumble he was actually a surprise entrance in that one um he was eliminated by Roman in the final three of that match and so uh the following night on Raw it was Sheamus Daniel Bryan John Cena qualifying for the Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight Championship but he was eliminated by Christian in that match and so he did have a a brief feud with Christian it led into WrestleMania um um, in which he did win that one. But again, these guys, like they weren't other than like they were in the money in the bank. They're just really, they weren't doing a whole lot. They weren't on the card much. I mean, they're second on this card, you know, they're not even first coming into this one. So it's just kind of unusual where these guys were positioned. But, um, and again, you got to remember this was before they were the tag team. This was before, um, kind of really these guys had had, you know, it was the best of seven matches and things like that. There was all kinds of stuff that just at this point, we weren't really sure what we were sitting at. And I think if you read in the dirt sheets, you kind of knew what Cesaro or, you know, what he was all about and what he was capable of and how much everybody loved him backstage and all that other stuff. But that just didn't translate up until this point, like on TV and they weren't getting, um, you know, they weren't, we weren't seeing the results. And so then we get this match. Man, it's, I don't know. So, so much of this during this era is just like lost on me in a blur. And maybe in nine years, the stuff happening right now will be a blur too. I think that's one of the things that is we go back and look at it's, it's just funny because it's like so much more happens now. You know, you're talking five hours of TV plus monthly shows, maybe even more than monthly. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in all the NXT stuff. And it's like, I just think about like the amount of content they produce and how much of it just you're never going to think about ever again. Like even, you know, watching like SummerSlam recently, it's like, wow, this is SummerSlam. But it's like, how much of this are you going to remember happened in a few months? It's it's just so many things, so many moving pieces. So anyways, it's fun to fun to go back and, and hear about this and watch it. So mm-hmm. season seven, episode one of Night of Champions, season seven, episode one, we're at the 26 minute mark. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. And we thank you for joining us on social media all over the world tonight. If you'd like to discuss this particular... Cesar looks like a giant. It looks like he's towering over Sheamus, which is crazy. Really does. Hey, as we jump into this, uh, plug our shit real quick. Just get that yeah. out of the way. And by the of way, course. so what's the what's the new device called? The new uh, Manscaped Shaver. What's the actual name for it? The uh, the handyman. Okay, the handyman. So I I, I got the handyman, and t- I, I I text this to you. Ten out of ten. Like no yeah. bullshit. The handyman. It's like one of these like small electric razors. I mean, it's it's like half the size of an iPhone. It's not a, it's not a big thing, but it's, it's just enough for you to trim up your face. Um, and it, it works a little better for like 
trimming up your face, trimming up your facial hair than the um, the original lawnmower does. So it, it's a it's great. I mean, this thing's phenomenal, and it's well, and I t- I think I texted it to you, and then you ordered it right away. And, yeah, because I've always I was- I, yeah I've wanted one of those, but usually they're uh, they don't work well. I mean, I've tried them before. Yeah. I, and I think that's even what I text you. I'm always worried because it just tears my face up. And so I hate it. But yeah, so, um, but with enough of the Manscaped products, you can take care of yourself, not worry about that stuff. Of course, too, um, using our promo code payoff at manscaped.com, you're getting 20% off and free shipping. Um, so make sure to use that. Of course, too, the Caldera and Lab, 20% off using the code payoff as well, too. There are some of the, you know, just men's products. I know, you know, we talk about like, you know, soaps and night creams and all this other stuff. But as you get older, like you and I, like even not, like, younger guys it doesn't really matter whatever you need like these are where you're going to find these products to help you kind of look your best all that kind of different stuff like no shame in any of it so uh manscape.com that's payoff 20 percent off and free shipping and of course caldera and lab 20 percent off as well using the code payoff so um all right I so said, i wanted to oh, i made ahead. a oh sorry i was gonna say i i made a statement before uh we you know when we were going through the card i said the usos are one of the best tag teams of all time. I, I mean, what what do you think? I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. hard for me to, you know, it's like you can, it, it's very subjective. I mean, you can just be like, look, I'm a, I'm a Rockers fan. I'm a Heart Foundation fan. I'm a Demolition fan, Legion of Doom, whoever it might be. It, it's very, very subjective. But it's like, man, like you look at the Usos and I mean, I, who cares how many titles they've won because, you know, it's a prop and titles changed hands a lot, especially in the tag team division for a number of years. But man, you look at, Everything they've done, incredible tag matches with, you know, so many different teams, what they're doing is singles and part of the bloodline. And, man, it's hard to – I mean, anyone that says they're the best tag team of all time, I I can't argue with that. That's your opinion, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're well within your right to say that. Yeah, I think they have to be top three. Like, I think, you know, on any day you could rotate them between them. Looking at, like, current gen, you got them, the New Day, like, you know, some of these groups that just, you know, out of control. And then, of course, yeah, and then you start adding in, like, okay, you know, yeah, let's talk about the Rockers. Let's talk about uh, Legion of Doom. You know, let's talk about some of these tags, even, like, DX, like, you know, uh, Billy Gunn and Road Dog. Like, it's hard not to... Um, you know, look at all of them and the kind of impact that they've made over the years. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, they have to be, and I think what that poll was a few years ago, WWE put that poll out and new day was number one or something like that. And people lost their minds over it. But yeah. it, it, again, like you said, it, you have to be subjective with it too, because it's so, it's, it, this is like the, the, the Jordan LeBron argument of all two of like, who's the greatest of all time and stuff like that. And so, yeah, different eras, how different things play out. You have to take that into account. Like wrestling has just changed over the years even like the 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 run that these two guys had like was really good as a tag team like just a you know fantastic and so um especially right now like look at the story that's being told like if you had to say today like who's the best tag team like yeah it's definitely the usos like they're at the top of the car they're doing all this other stuff so a stiff match right now from cesaro and sheamus right here sheamus on the outside yeah he knows it he's pretty proud of himself yeah, and, and and Cesaro, I mean, was really, really over. I mean, the yeah, fans so th- just loved him. He was kind of that, you know, L.A. Knight, Daniel Bryan type that the fans just love no matter what you do with him and where you put him on the card. Uh, 
you know, like a, I think of like a Zack Ryder when he was just over. I mean, people just yep. absolutely loved him. Um, yeah. I mean, so, and, and so, yeah, this it's interesting because yeah. So it was uh, in July, 2014, WWE.com noted that one of Cesaro's signature moves, the Cesaro swing was quote, now a rarely used attraction after previously being a daily maneuver. Also that month, it was reported that WWE officials had told Cesaro to stop using the Cesaro swing because it was making him too popular and they did not want him being cheered as a heel. Meltzer said at the time, Cesaro was on the verge of big things with fans getting behind what they expected would be a babyface turn. Then it fell apart. They did a heel turn to put him with Paul Heyman and apparently figured that enabled them to not give him wins at all since Heyman was with him, but he'd stay over. This was before his big babyface turn fell completely apart and the turn was forgotten about. And so it really feels like they they made all the wrong decisions with this guy like plain and simple we've seen what he's capable of after the fact in wwe we've seen like he's still a top star in aew right now like it really feels like he's they just missed the mark with this guy um you know them not giving him a push i think at the same time sheamus has a point too like he wants to he wants to have more matches with drew i you know what was the the match with him and gunther and all that stuff was you know one of the best matches on the card like and so to get that was just fantastic and so I think like he's one of those guys that like I, uh, well we we've been listening to some some podcasts you and me lately and they uh, who was it somebody made a oh Rick Flair made a comment about like Miz is a company guy and like he will go out there and yep. he will always perform and do everything I feel like Sheamus is that guy too but like they just don't want him out there for some reason and so but man you put him like I, he's in the last year he's wrestling some of the best wrestling he's had ever oh yeah. It, it, it's it's amazing yeah i mean he, he's had a hell of a run um yeah absolutely you you brought up uh the rockers and you know you and i really haven't talked much about this season of dark side of the ring um mm. that, that concluded you know, i guess maybe like a month or two ago now but uh, I'm caught up. I've seen them all. I, I think you have as well, or, or close to all of them. Um, yeah, I have seen I, yeah, them all at this point. Okay, yeah. okay. I, and I and I don't, I don't know what your take is. And I I know it's I know it's the whole premise of the show, and it's called Dark Side of the Ring. I, I, I'm just feeling like this season for me it just felt really dark, and mm. I, I I don't I don't know what to necessarily say that should be done differently. I mean, it is kind of what it is. I just, I, I think you could tell the Marty Jannetty story a lot differently. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is a guy who, you know, can he recover? Can he get back on his feet? You know, is he, is he still doing drugs or not? Like, is he cleaned up his life or not? You know, what, what's he doing day to day? And instead, you know, it's like, oh, well, he posts this on Facebook. And I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I would have told yeah. the story differently. I would have preferred to tell it differently. Um, it, it's almost like I just I sit there and I'm like, this is just like sad, and you know, I, I almost feel like Jeff. It's it's especially with the people that are alive still, and I guess you could say the same for the ones that aren't, but their you know families are part of it. It's like you're almost taking advantage of the situation, and you know, it doesn't all have to be so damn dark. You know, these people, well, yeah, had you know. They, they've they've done some good things in their life, but I don't know, just, just my thought. 
Well, and he even said at the beginning, like he's trying to get surgery. Like we knew yeah. that, like he, but he's got like infections and he's got to have one surgery before he can get to the next one. And you and I know, like we've interviewed him and you've interviewed him. And so we know that. Yeah. And I think that, which I think that he is, my takeaway from that is he is a incredibly gifted storyteller, whether you believe like, you know, you know, what he did or didn't do, or, you know, I'm sure there's some truth sprinkled into the things he's saying, but then also embarrassing or, you know, embellishing it a little bit too. I thought there was a lot of stuff on dark side this season too. Like I, I liked the, the bash episode because I still don't know what happened. Yeah. I appreciate that. Where like, leave it open-ended for me of like, let me think about it. Like, let me know. Like I thought that, you know, I got, I, w- I wish they could have gotten like more recent Hogan interviews with that one because they had all of the players except Hogan. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those, like, maybe he, it is, just, I, I still like, you know, you asked me today, I'd be like, yep, we're still getting worked to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows type thing. It's just, you know, I, I, it is Vince Russo, the smartest guy in the room, probably not, but like, um, you know, there's just a, a lot of hate with that. And so I, yeah, I thought a lot of the episodes, Guys are just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, they're having a real stiff match. Yeah. I feel like too. This, this will be the last season of it too. We won't get another season of Dark Side because I th- remember this season it was rough for them to get to. So I don't think we're getting another. Oh, okay. We'll see. I just I think you and I are in alignment. Like it's just like yeah, okay. I think it's kind of you kind of did your thing. You told your stories. Um, I, I'd prefer something that wasn't City of Dark. I mean, I, I, again, I know it's sensational. And I, I think, too, I think that fits the tone really well of Vice. So I think part of the the show is that it, it fits that Vice model. If you've ever watched any of the other shows on Vice, yeah. they, all, they all feel very similar and salacious. And so, um, yeah, really stiff match here. Shameless getting powered up. Going for the broke kick. Yep. Yeah, so really good match. I mean, this kind of feels like you're, you know, like you throw Gunter into the here, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Like these guys all have that. I mean, they just all work really, really stiff, and you know, it's it's not necessarily the biggest power. Oh wow, interesting. Oh, yeah. Man, they got the crowd with them. That's for damn sure. Cesaro's listed at six five. There's no way he's six eight, six nine. Like on a bad day, like yeah, he is just not a chance. This is a he was like flipping over and everything. Like yeah, interesting. Yeah, this is just a hell of a match. I don't remember that move. I forget. I don't know if he has a name for it or what. But yeah, how 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 old do you think Sheamus is? Sheamus, uh, I'm gonna guess he's he's probably younger than I think. I'm gonna guess he's not even forty. He is 45. Damn. Okay. Yikes. All right. But still, I, like, out there moving. I Yeah, okay. I did not know he was that old. I I mean, I kind of remember him being a little bit older, but 45. 
I know he's changed up his look a lot over the over the years too, like the mohawk yeah. and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, like just... Stephen Stephen Fairley. All right there, born, you go. Born January of nineteen seventy eight. Yikes! So he's been with WWE for fourteen years now. Um, and so I feel like I, he's just always been in a pretty prominent spot. You know, he's kind of always been in the spot he's been in, maybe a little higher, a little lower. I, I, I'd say he was a mid card guy, but he had the the big belt for a while. Like you know, he had the heavyweight chance. So like he's like he has done it all. And what was I was actually reading recently? He is he's something I have oh. to try and find. Uh, he is like just shot. It's a, it's just a, oh there you go. Wow, what a match, man! It was a great match. That's that's what the the kids call a banger. Yeah, it was. Yeah, stiff, absolutely. Good match, though. Seamus, you're he was a former uh, former bodyguard for you too. Really? Uh huh. He also was an IT technician. Look at that. Okay. Decided re reinventing himself. Decided in 2002 to train for wrestling, following the advice of Bret Hart. Uh, I, uh interesting. Okay, uh, Which, good advice. Studied, uh, studied at the Monster Factory. Yeah, of course. Seems like a lot of people coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. I mean, he was on the in Indies for seven years before uh, before making it to WWE. Debuted okay. on ECW. Debuted on ECW. WWE CW. Yeah, but that's what you I mean. Mentioned. That's what okay. that show. That's what that show should have been. That's what the uh, ECW show should have been. Is guys like him mixed in with you know the ECW originals and making new stars. I mean, if yeah, it wasn't absolutely. for ECW, you know, you don't know what would happen with CM Punk. So they did a good job of making stars. So, all right, let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? Very good match. Like when the U.S. Really felt on match. this, it was uh, it was tight. Like they didn't need uh, twenty five minutes. Like that was under fifteen minutes, but very very good. Um, and so I thought that was it, it benefited from it. And so I thought that was nice. But yeah, oh, it's stiff as hell too. Like I, you know, I'm just a big fan of that. Yep, absolutely. One of the things I don't know if you've noticed or not, but in the Triple H era of PLEs, they're giving every match time. You know, they're saying, okay, we're we're gonna do eight matches or six matches. But each one is, you know, 12, 15 minutes or longer. So they're giving them time to breathe, which is great. I also think that if you did a quick finish, it would come so far out of nowhere that it would actually be a big deal. Versus, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to throw this Divas match on and give it three minutes and you just groan. So I, I, I think that's yeah. a, a big compliment that I, I give the current, um, current era. So Yeah, absolutely. So on this one too, so interesting. So uh, I said it, you know, he, he's done a lot over the years. Uh, can you name trivia for you? We haven't had trivia in a while. So I guess, no. what is the one belt that Sheamus has not won? There's only one. I, I guess you could call it the brother or sister belt to the U.S. title. I was going to say the IC title. 
That is the only I belt. I feel like he he's had that won. U.S. title a number of times, but he's just never had the IC title. He has had the WWE Championship, the World Heavyweight Championship, the U.S. Championship, and the Tag Championships, and so, uh, so he is the Intercontinental Belt short of the grant of being a Grand Slam champion. So wow. yeah, um, which is crazy. Yeah. So uh, he called it, and that was what it was. He wants to be the first ever ultimate Grand Slam champion, but nobody knows what the hell that means. So they figure he just meant Grand Slam champion. So, yeah, but that's where he's at. So so Sheamus on this one, yeah. Uh, again, brought him up briefly here. Beat the Miz. It was actually Hell in a Cell in October after this one. Ended up losing to Rusev in November. It was actually a match that was just on the network. Um losing that one uh and so that was actually the end of his title reign at 182 days um he was actually written off television and so that he could get uh surgery at that point too he's actually attacked by rusev and mark henry who uh, mark henry on tv right now actually if you're still watching so um cesaro on the flip side of this one he actually did go after the intercontinental championship on this one after of course he had all those feuds with the other ones um or for the other ones it was actually held by dolph ziggler at the time um so cesaro was the number one contender after winning uh, a battle royal um so it's really the, these guys had a bunch of different matches and again the you know with the Heyman stuff or whatever it might have been like cooling him off um or he was done with Heyman at, by the time this started rolling around but it, they had um it was five different title matches and he lost them every single time so it was raw smackdown hell in a cell it was, uh, a, it was a couple three-way matches and a two out of three falls match, and he lost them all, which it just like, man, like it, it's like Barry Horowitz level here. Like, how can you make this guy keep losing when he's over the way he is? Like, it just makes zero sense to me. So um, little crazy. And at the same time, the PWI of this year, Cesaro was 13 and Sheamus was 21. So how can it be that hot losing but he's losing, but he's still that high, which is crazy when you think about it. And so uh, the torch on this one, Cesaro gave him some more, uh, but the ref scolded him for beating him in the corner, not breaking a five. Sheamus then took advantage of the opening and nailed him with a bro kick out of the corner for the win. The announcers really put over the match. Sheamus written 13 uh, to retain three and a quarter stars. Um, this was the second best match on this card, according to uh, the Observer Newsletter, with the Orton-Jericho match being the best one. Uh, uh, and really just kind of going through the motions here. Uh, duh, 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 what is it? Cesaro was slapping him around, and then they traded punches and elbows. You could see in the finish the G1 style, since Cesaro was one of the WWE guys who watched the entire tournament. He was landing hard kicks and punches, then landed a running kick to the face. Uh, Sheamus then hit the bro kick out of nowhere and got the pin. The story is Sheamus would continually set it up and fail, but with no setup, he caught Cesaro off guard with it four stars. So uh, the Observer four, uh, the Torch three and a quarter. Where are you going to put this one? Yeah, I'm more in that four star range. I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I actually thought about giving it an eight. Uh, I just, you know, I don't know if the storyline and the stage necessarily would would put it in that category, but totally seven and a half. I thought this was really, really good. Um, I, I just, I like that. I, I, I like these matches where they're like 12, maybe 15 minutes long and they just don't really stop. It's just kind of continuous action and you don't need to do anything over the top, but just good, solid wrestling uh, that doesn't stop. So that's where I'm at. What about you? 
Yeah, I'm in a seven and a half too. I think that it was definitely exceeded my expectations. This is one you just want like a tight, good match. Like this is the one. And so, um, you know, they, a lot everything was really in the ring except for a tiny bit there at the start. Um, and the guys just beat the hell out of each other, plain and simple. So um, I think that that really makes it worth it. It was just really good stuff. And yeah, this is one that, uh, especially on a on an interesting card, and I, I did look it up for you so you know Roman was medically un, or not cleared on this one. And so that's why the card got a little weird in the middle there. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, if this is what you're getting outside of that, like not bad agreed this is a fun one man good good work finding this uh really good uh match and makes me I, yeah i i i think i'm i i i appreciate sheamus more than i did at other points of his career yeah absolutely i think we're in like a weird uh it's, it's a weird time with wrestling right now like we're in between shows like fast lanes a couple weeks away still like you know, we've got a no or an NXT show, but at the same time, like, you know, it's just kind of a, a down. But this was a good match. Definitely want to go back and check out. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good work. And uh we got a fun one next week. We have a we have a six pack challenge, man. This is the unforgiven ninety-nine one where they just threw six guys in there and uh Steve Austin was out with an injury, so they were just trying to figure out what in the hell to do in the main event picture. So um yeah. This was uh, yeah. this was fun. Looking forward to next week. Very good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Appreciate everyone joining us. We'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Panel.